Why, hello. I'm Natalie Zett, and welcome to Flower in the River. Flower in the River is a podcast about a book I wrote of the same name. And that book is about the Eastland disaster that took place in 1915 in Chicago and how that long-ago tragedy affected my family for generations. I'll talk about writing and family history and what to do when the supernatural comes into your life when you're innocently doing a family history research project. Come on and let's have some fun with this. Why, hello again, and welcome to Episode 3. If you've been with me from the beginning, you know that this story is all about the Eastland disaster of 1915 and how it affected my family. And all of that, of course, is captured in my book, Flower in the River. So again, before getting into the actual book chapter, A Family Tale Untold, I'm calling this episode A Family Tale Told. And this is part two. Part two focuses on the Western Electric Company. I must do this before we get into the book because it really does set the stage for what happens and continues to happen as this tragedy evolves. And I also want to bring it up again, literally, bring it up from the water to pose the question to you, why do you think the Eastland disaster was forgotten? Of course, I have my theories. But it is important, again, to set the stage. As someone who was in a couple of theater companies, including one that I co-founded, the stage is very important. I say it again. The stage is very important. The stage is the place where the story lives, and so I'm setting the stage so the story, well, can live. So this episode will be a very brief overview of Western Electric for you, and then we'll get into the book, I promise. So as you know, the company picnic that took place on July 24, 1915, was sponsored by the Western Electric Company in Chicago. Just in case you don't know about Western Electric and its history, the Western Electric Company, also known as the Hawthorne Works, was a manufacturing facility located in Cicero, Illinois, which is now considered a suburb of Chicago. Here's some information that I located about Western Electric, and I will put some links in the show notes in case you want to do a deeper dive into its history. It really is quite fascinating. Now, here's some bullet points for you. Western Electric was an American electrical engineering and manufacturing company that was founded in 1869 and was a major supplier of telephone equipment to the American Telephone and Telegraph Company, AT&T. AT&T, sound familiar? That's a silly question. Of course, you know AT&T. The company was originally based in Chicago and was initially known as the Western Electric Manufacturing Company. Over the years, Western Electric played a major role in the development of the telephone industry, including the creation of the first practical telephone transmitter and the first commercial switchboard. 
Western Electric also developed other innovative technologies, such as the first commercial radio broadcast system. I can't emphasize enough how important that is. All of the communication that we have going on now would not have been possible were it not for these early pioneering efforts and endeavors. It's a big deal, okay? All right, back to our history lesson. In 1925, AT&T purchased Western Electric, and the two companies worked closely together to develop new communications technologies. During World War II, Western Electric played a key role in the war effort, manufacturing radar and other military equipment. After the war, Western Electric continued to be a major player in the telecommunications industry. But it faced increased competition from other manufacturers. In the 1970s, AT&T was forced to divest itself of Western Electric as part of an antitrust settlement, and the company became a separate entity. Now, Western Electric continued to operate as a major supplier of telecommunications equipment until the 1980s, when the industry underwent a major restructuring. I'm sure that some people remember this, and maybe some people were even involved with this. And in 1995, more recently, the company was acquired by Lucent Technologies. Today, the Western Electric name is no longer used, but the company's legacy lives on in the many telecommunications technologies it helped to develop. So, I hope all of that brings home the importance of Western Electric. Even if you don't know its name, you are living in Western Electric's world. And at one point, the world of Western Electric permeated Chicago. And nearly everyone, one way or the other, was living in that world in 1915 when the Eastland disaster took place. So now I want to segue a bit and talk about the Hawthorne Works, which was the major facility of Western Electric and it was located in Chicago, specifically in Cicero, which is a suburb just outside of Chicago. And from what I've read, and from what I've seen in terms of old photographs, the Hawthorne Works look like a city within a city. According to historical accounts, the Hawthorne Works plant employed several thousand workers during the early 1900s. By 1914, the plant was one of the largest manufacturing facilities in the United States, covering over 60 acres and employing around 12,000 workers. So let's just say this was a big company. And many, many people in Chicago, particularly those of the working class, worked at Hawthorne Works, a.k.a. Western Electric, or they probably worked at businesses that supported Western Electric. That's how much of a reach this company had. And the Hawthorne Works took care of their employees in their way. Actually, it was quite amazing in a way. Now get this. They had their own railroad, power plant, fire department, hospital, water treatment facility. Oh, and there was a retail store, gymnasium, etc. This was not just Hawthorne Works, 
But this was also a model of these types of large companies, at least in the beginning of the 20th century. Of course, there was a price to be paid. And yet, this was kind of amazing. So that's where a lot of Chicago folks worked at the beginning of the 20th century, including my grandmother. And later, a slew of other relatives also worked for Western Electric. And that makes it even weirder that this story slowly evaporated from my family's history. But I have a pretty strong feeling as to why, in my family at least, the story of the Eastland and the story of my Aunt Martha's death while aboard the Eastland eventually disappeared. And I will get into that in the next episode. But I don't want to clog up this episode with Western Electric's history and my family's history. But as you can see, they're starting to overlap. But I just wanted to provide a bigger history of Western Electric and then segue into how my family was affected by all of this. In the next episode, I will talk about how that story got lost in my family and how, nearly miraculously, it got found again. Thanks again for joining me. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, that's it for this episode, and thanks for coming along for the ride. Please subscribe or follow so you can keep up with all the episodes. For more information, please go to my website. That's www.floweritheriver.com and I'll have that and more information in the show notes. I hope you consider buying my book because I owe people money and I'm just kidding about that. But the one thing I'm not kidding about is that this podcast and my book are dedicated to the memory of the 844 who died on the Eastland. Goodbye for now.